If you're sick of the mainstream sports outlets, well, so was I. So I started my own show. I'm Shane Larson, and this is the Game Time Guru. It's different than other talk shows. I'm providing a panoramic view on sports so you can see them through a different lens. So buckle up and let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome out to this bonus episode of the Game Time Guru podcast. I'm coming at you on a Monday morning right after the NBA Finals have wrapped up for games one and two, and they're heading back to the Bay Area um, tied one-to-one. I want to give you my reaction today on the show. Make sure that uh, you share this with your friends and family. These bonus episodes are only for subscribers to the show, meaning you know, if it, the only way you're going to see them is if you're subscribed to the show or if you randomly come across the show when you're, you're searching something on, either on social media or if you're searching... Um, you know, on a Google search or something, but typically you're going to get notified if a new episode pushes out. And uh, I wanted to give you guys my thoughts. I had to take some time to kind of recap this before I, I gave an analysis of the games um, because it was kind of a, a surprising first two games of the series. Um, starting in Toronto, first things first, I had forgotten, like I said before, that Toronto actually had home court advantage. So that was the first thing. It was just a weird, I just felt like it was a weird um, setup coming into game one. Like, the, the Warriors had a long time off, and we didn't really hear from them in the media while they were preparing for the NBA Finals, and they were playing a new opponent. It was a new team in the Finals. It wasn't the Cavs anymore. It was just a different setup, obviously, and um, going into Game 1, I just wasn't sure what to expect, and I, and I thought if Toronto was able to steal Game 1, then they would be able to kind of make this a series and get some momentum going, and it's weird saying the word steal. Like, I keep saying that. Like, the word steal is typically when you're on the road. But, you know, they're an underdog. Toronto's an underdog at home. And um, any game they can win is a, is a steal. What I realized in game one was that Toronto is extremely deep when it comes to their their depth and their their players that can, can you know, contribute at a high level. Gasol played well. Siakam played well. Obviously, Kawhi got his, but it took him a while to get going. So those other players stepped up. Van Fleet's been playing solid for the you know second half of the playoffs all the way up until now. And you see how good they really are and how aggressive they truly are. And Toronto came out and they got physical. They were aggressive and they were not scared of the moment. All of the momentum that, that, that they had going into that game came through. They, did, they made their open shots. And they were able to take game one. And I thought a couple of things in game one. I'm like, hey, everyone's saying, well, maybe we underestimated the importance of Kevin Durant for the Warriors. And and while Kevin Durant does give you an additional scorer, and he's arguably the best player in the in the world, you know, he does kind of mess up the 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 pace of the game sometimes just because of his style of play and that's fine that's just how he is it doesn't mean he he makes them worse it just their their pace kind of slows down a little bit I wouldn't say they're easier to defend but they are easier to defend off the ball when KD's got the ball in his hands because you're not moving it gives you a little bit like it gives it gives the off ball defenders a second to rest and that's how it's always been with KD you saw it with the Cavs last year their off ball defenders can rest a little bit because the dudes aren't always running around every single possession because, you know, when the offense runs through KD, it kind of slows down a little bit. So here's the deal. We, we thought that. Everyone's talking about, well, KD needs to be in there, this and this and this. I, I thought after game one, I'm like, hey, I don't think KD's necessarily the issue here. Um, I think the Warriors needed to, one, wake up. Two, they needed to adapt to the new style of play because this is Toronto. It's just a new opponent. It's a new atmosphere, different setting. You've got a lot of emotion with Drake on the sidelines, stuff like that, those little factors that kind of come into it. And I think they were just kind of off their rhythm a little bit, and they needed to regroup. I did 
Uh, I, I was on record stating that I thought Boogie should not play, and I will eat my words right now, but but I'm also going to say this. I thought Looney was a better pick-and-roll player. He had his rhythm going for, throughout the entire series, sorry, throughout the entire playoffs, and I thought Boogie came in there and slowed him down um, in, in game one, and that's how Toronto took it. I thought that Toronto stepped up to the moment, and they, they took advantage of everything, and I was like, okay, well, if Kerr's going to make any adjustments – um, I don't think there are going to be major adjustments, but I think that uh, he should sit Boogie. Well, as of yesterday, you know, he starts Boogie, completely contrary to what I thought was going to happen, but I see exactly what he was doing. Boogie came off the bench in game one, and that was like the first time he's come off the bench in uh, a, a very long time. Uh, I think they had stated it was a couple of years that he hadn't played off the bench before, so it's, it, it, his rhythm was gone. He started Boogie. And although Boogie didn't do anything except for pick up two quick fouls in the first quarter, it got him in a rhythm. Some people like uh, starting the game because it just gets them in the flow of the game and they get their mind right quicker, and so they don't have to take so long to actually adapt to the game. Well, I think that was a genius move by Kerr. Kerr didn't know Looney was going to go down and get hurt, but Kerr knew that for Boogie, he needed to have him actually start the game and get in the rhythm to play. It was, it was a genius move, and this is why I think Steve Kerr is an elite coach. Everyone says, well, he's been gifted with an elite team. Well, that's true, but elite coaches have to be able to coach elite teams because you have so many different personalities, and you have to get those guys to mesh, and he's done a great job at that. He made a minor adjustment by starting Boogie Cousins, and then when Looney went down, Cousins was ready for the moment. Now, I don't think Cousins, everyone's like looking at him, oh, he was the X Factor. No, he wasn't. He did a great job, though, with his assists. That's what he did. Like, you expect Cousins at his size to get 10-plus rebounds a game. Like, that shouldn't even be a – when you see 10 rebounds a game, like, that's that's a that's a given. Like, he's 7 feet tall almost, Like just and he's a big dude. He should be getting 10 rebounds. The ball just falls into his hands half the time. It's not like he's fighting for every one of those, you know what I mean? So, But what I looked at was the assists. And, yeah, he, only, he didn't have 10 assists, but there was a stretch where three of his assists were great passes where – um, the guy cut into the to cut into the basket was defended well, especially one with uh, Clay Thompson rolling through. He was well defended, but Boogie made a sweet pass. Uh, Clay finished it with the left hand on the left side of the basket and and ended up you know keeping the momentum going. That was during their third quarter run. So three of those assists that he had were like during the momentum building run, and uh, they were crazy for them. So big time move uh, by Kerr by starting Cousins because I believe he got his mind right. To, to start the game um, that was a big deal for me I, I thought that was I thought that was a huge move and people didn't really you know look at it that way but I I looked at that boogie starting the game even with two quick fouls I thought that was a genius move uh, because he was able to come in and contribute right after Looney got hurt so you see though like after you know game two goes in here's what I wanted to talk about game two the Warriors are known for their third quarter runs that they go on. That's what they're known for. Halftime adjustments and then the third quarter. The third quarter, they always come out on fire. Ask the Blazers. Ask the Portland Trail Blazers about the Warriors' third quarter runs. And in game one of the finals, we were expecting that to happen, but the Raptors came out firing two, and they just kept matching them bucket for bucket, and they kept going possession for possession so that the Warriors couldn't gain that momentum. But yesterday in game two, the Warriors came out on fire. And I thought the Raptors did a great job utilizing their timeouts properly. They called two timeouts during that run to try to slow it down, but they just could not hit their shots. Obviously, the Warriors were all over the place. during The, like, the defense is what um, turned those into buckets, and they went on that run to completely swing the game. And 
Toronto was was having a hard time getting you know open looks, but when they did get open looks, they weren't hitting them. That was the difference. Game one, they hit their open looks. Game two, they didn't. I think they were a little rushed. They felt the pressure. Golden State went on that run, and there was a little bit of nerves involved. Like They got that pressure going on, that anxiety during that run, and uh, they, they weren't able to hit their open looks when they got them. And so Golden State just continued to roll and roll and roll. Well, you see, though, like most teams crumble after those runs go on. What I did notice was like obviously Golden State is Golden State. They're amazing. This is their fifth finals appearance. Like this is just insane, guys. Like that's what I'm trying to get at. Is like it's unreal how good this team is. Like we expect them to be good, but Toronto surprised me again. And I mean this because they surprised me by yeah they took that run and a lot of teams will crumble after that, but they chipped away at it um, the entire rest of the third quarter throughout the entire fourth quarter and there was like a minute and a half left and they were down by eight but Toronto's defense changed up and caused Golden State to to kind of be stagnant for the last five minutes of that game and they gave themselves a shot to be able to be in that game and even with a minute and a half left down by eight against the Warriors most teams would just crumble and be like okay we're done but they kept fighting 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 and they actually gave themselves a chance down by two with 26 seconds left in the game to to come back and actually have a shot at it and I honestly believe I don't think there was anything wrong with what the Raptors did minus they should have fouled Draymond Green um, when he had the ball in his hands at the end of the game but if they weren't going to foul I thought they did the exact thing they needed to do they almost caused Steph Curry to uh, have a turnover because they tried to double him and he panicked and he almost lost the dribble they almost stole it when he threw it over to Livingston because Kawhi got his hands on the ball Livingston just made a better play coming to the ball and they left the guy open that they were supposed to leave open like it's not a disrespect to Iggy um it's not Iggy was (laughs) you got to pick your boys with the with the Warriors and they left Iggy open because they were trying to get everybody else. And if they're going to leave anyone open for a three, like obviously he's hit big time shots. He's the veteran. That's why I thought like he was a big piece to their success. But like, dude, if you're going to leave someone open, that would probably be the guy. And that's what they did. And he shot it and he ended up making it. But like, in my opinion, that's probably what you wanted to have happen. And that's why everybody went down and tried to get a rebound. They thought the, the ball might go off because you're just not sure with Iggy. When, when Steph shoots the ball, you expect it to go in. When Iggy shoots the ball, you're not hundred percent sure. Right? So at least they got the ball into someone's hands that they thought it had at least a 50-50 chance of missing. Um, so it's crazy that Toronto battled back in that game, guys. I thought that was just insane. So everyone's like, oh, I expect game three. I heard a lot of people on Twitter, three is going to be a blowout. The Warriors found their momentum. I'm like, you know, that's what everybody expects because they're going back home and that's easy to do. But Toronto has surprised me the first two games of the series with how deep they are and how mentally tough they are. They came back after a crazy run that the Warriors had and they made it a game. They were down two with under 20 seconds. Well, they were down two with like five seconds left to go in the game um, until Iggy hit a three. So like they they were right there in striking distance and they were even up in this game by 12. So that's what I'm saying. Toronto can match with Golden State as they are slotted right now. Um, and so I'm excited to see how this series pans out. Even if KD comes back, that's obviously going to change things up a bit. It's going to make the series even better. Um, it's it's The first two games were really exciting. It's like a chess match. And you still don't fully understand yet like how it's going to be because is KD going to come back? What what about Clay? Is his hamstring going to be okay for game three? It's crazy. Um, but one last takeaway is the fact that Golden State – is so deep. They're dealing this year with things that uh, they haven't dealt with in the past. 
They're dealing with things uh, like injuries all across the board that they haven't really had to deal with in the past. That's what their opponents have had to deal with, but they really haven't been faced with that adversity. They got KD going down, and then they got um, Looney just went down, and then Clay hurts his hamstring, and Iggy hurt his calf in the first the first game, and like all these little minor nagging injuries they're dealing with. And um, they're still so deep on that roster. Cook can shoot the ball. McKinney. Um, and you, then you look at Boogie come out, and he can contribute. And you see Iggy starting to shoot. And, and Livingston's obviously there. Like, you just see how many weapons they truly have. Golden State is unbelievably talented. I'm excited to see what games three and four bring us when they move back to the Bay Area. We'll see if Toronto can steal back home court advantage by uh, at least taking one on the road. I, I think it's going to be a close game every game. I think both teams are going to compete, which is what makes for a great NBA Finals. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars, and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.